we know the brain and what what's retained. Seven percent of words is, is retained. So the more we can we can tell them what's going to happen, the more it gets reinforced through our through our communications. The better chance we have of them remembering, and that is key to me and to our team in being able to meet and provide a great customer experience because we're setting the expectation. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and today... I have got a longtime client, DJ, DJ, I'm going to mess up your last name, Dejarnis. Desjardins. Desjardins. Or Desjardins. The French version. The French version. Of Absolute Aluminum and others. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some good stuff today. But before we get into that, I have to make sure that all of you have a copy of the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor. This book for those that are watching this on YouTube, here's what the book looks like. Just go to thewealthycontractor.com and you can get yourself a free copy. Basically, I buy the book, you pay for delivery, small delivery fee, and we will, get the, we will get the book out to you, and there's a bunch of resources, and you get access to all kinds of great stuff. So just go to thewealthycontractor.com, and you will see where you can get that, or how you can get the book. All right, so DJ, welcome. We've been, we've been trying to do this for a while. Welcome. Give everybody, it's going to be tough for you to give a two-minute version of your story because you have a lot going on, but see what, how much you can get in in a couple minutes. I'll try to keep it short and sweet. I'm in uh, South Florida, both, both sides of, of Florida, but two businesses in Sarasota, Bradenton, Manatee area, and one over Fort Lauderdale. And I've been in the outdoor living business for 32 years. I started my first company in 1988 so it's been 32 years we do all types of outdoor uh, home improvements from outdoor kitchens enclosures pavers you name it if it's in your backyard we pretty much do it and then i have a window and door company in venice florida as well and on the east coast of florida we sell and install the structure Pergola X system, which is a, a motorized louvered roof system. Um, that's a really cool product. Is that home or a commercial or is it, it both? both? Both. Both. Okay. Commercial for outdoor eating areas. It's been really busy, especially with the COVID. You yeah, know, with the COVID. We have a couple of restaurants down in Miami that if they didn't have it, they, weren't, they couldn't see people indoors. Yeah. Moxie's down on Brickle been there the new restaurant that's not far from you I've, I've heard of it i've heard of it yeah is it good excellent okay cool moxies we'll check it out give us a if you don't mind give us an idea of of size how many jobs 
in a in twelve months, the last twelve months or so, about how many jobs have have your so company? The, the aluminum company that does the outdoor living products, we have about one hundred and twenty five employees, okay. and we will do about two thousand jobs this year. Okay. And the window company, we have about fifty employees, and we'll do about six hundred jobs. Wow. So that company has grown a lot since the last time you and I have talked. Yeah, it's grown steady. Good for you. So before we before we started started this, turned on the recording, we were talking about, you know, what's what what can we talk about here today? And there's a lot of things we can do with with DJ. We can talk about EOS, we can talk about customer service, and we can talk about process. Let's let's do this though, DJ, because I didn't realize that the window window and door company has grown so much. And I'm am I doing exactly what did we talked about me not doing? We were going to talk about absolute aluminum, but I'm flipping it. That's okay. Do you mind? Do you mind? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So you started that business, the window and door business, about how many years ago? In 2000. 2000? Oh, that the window and door business has been around that long? Now, that being said, we were all new construction at the all time. New, right. So this iteration of the business, didn't it start fairly recently? Well, the, when the market tanked and we were all new construction, yeah. you know, 2007, eight, we then switched gears and, and directed everything towards in-home sales. Okay. Yeah, the bottom fell out and we thought, gee, you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to go down this path again. I did that with both businesses actually the the aluminum business we had 185 employees wow in, in 2007 and went down to 75 because we were way heavy new construction yeah and it was a Dave Yoho term I didn't know what I didn't know yeah didn't know what you didn't know so okay so over the last two years then it, that that business seems like it's really ramped up unless I'm mistaken what are some of the things, because you're not there every day involved in that business or really even in absolute aluminum, right? You are uh, using an EOS term. Are you the visionary of? I'm the visionary of both, yes. So I'm, I'm a day a week at absolute aluminum and I'm a few hours a week at the window and door company. Okay. Did everybody hear that? So one day a week at his company that's got 150 employees and a few hours a week at the one that he's got 50 employees. Is it safe to say that EOS is one of the reasons why you've been able to do that? Most definitely. Yeah. And probably process. So why don't we talk a little bit about the importance of process? And this is kind of, I guess we'll go with both companies because as the owner, if you're not there, that means that you've got three things in place. And let me just remind everybody, this is all, this is, by the way, this is the wealthy contractor, success, wealth, and freedom framework. And that involves three things, people, process, and profit. People, process, and profit. There's actually a fourth P and we might hit that later. But you cannot scale your business without understanding and utilizing all three things. So let's talk a little bit about process over there. How important is process and how do you go about building a process? Well, originally, 
I built in my, in the aluminum business, the processes were driven off of failures. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very passionate about customer service. I tell people a lot that I was so passionate about customer service, what people thought of the experience that what I didn't know I was able to overcome through trial and error. And I did it the hard way. I'm like a walking accelerate live sponsor. You know, I use Marlamar, I use market sharp. I use don't go. I use EOS. I, you know, I, yeah. I utilize all these tools that are out there so that you can create the process and measure and monitor the process. Yeah. So before it was through failure, that's, there's, you know, look, that's a valid way of doing it. Right. right. But the ideal is let's make the mistake once let's learn from it and let's create a process around it so that hopefully the mistake or the failure is minimized for the next time. Right. Correct. Yeah. And we tie, you know, within our process, time frames have become very important to us. We're pushing through so many jobs. I said 2000 jobs. It's really about 2,400 jobs. So on average, um, about, you know, 200 jobs a month that we're pushing through. And you, you, you would know that from my mark, from your backend marketing that you're doing. I also yeah. use before. So, um, our, we have time frames tied to everything so that, that, you know, we almost are using like slot players. It goes to this person. They have this much time to get this task done and then it moves on. And we, we are, we tie that to production tasks and market sharp and people know how long they have to work on this and to get it to the next person. And it, and it keeps everything moving along. Even now with Marlamar, it'll go into market sharp look at the production tasks that were finished and text customers. So we're a lot, we're touching customers a, a lot as well, all the way along the way. We're keeping them informed through automation, not through relying on somebody to call. Nice. The technology has really helped if you're going to try to deliver an exceptional customer experience. Yeah. If I could just clarify something, he, DJ mentioned Accelerate Live, which is our annual event, which by the way, we are deep in the throes of putting together right now. It'll be January 26th and 27th of 2021. But what was really interesting about what DJ said and part of the idea of having shortcuts and having processes in place is hiring people to do the things that you either can't do, don't want to do, or somebody else can do better. And DJ is a great, great Accelerate attendee because basically he uses all of our sponsors. So MarketSharp CRM, Marlamar for texting, Don't Go for chat, G4 for backend marketing, and the list goes on. So thank you. Thank you for uh, buying from all of my sponsors. I appreciate it. All right. So we'll move on now. So process. Yeah. So process is important. And, and when you have processes now, people run those processes. And, and this, is all, this is kind of where EOS comes in really strong 
is that with EOS, you as the entrepreneur, you're typically the visionary. Then you have an what's called an integrator. An integrator, I think the best way, this is the way that I think of an integrator, DJ. And if you think about it a different way, please share it. But I think of that person as kind of like the chief operating officer person that can really get into to details and managing people and and making sure that all of the the trains are running on time is that kind of how you see an integrator as well definitely yeah and that's usually not it's not it's rare for an entrepreneur to have both skills the entrepreneurial and the integrator oh. role it's it's very rare and even if you do have it you for it. Yeah, you should choose one of them. So, okay, so now you have the integrator, but then you have what's called the leadership team. So somebody that is accountable for marketing results, somebody that is accountable for sales results, somebody that's accountable for production results and, and on. There's finance, there's HR. I actually sit in the sales and marketing seat. Okay. Um, so I'm accountable for, and I really am accountable for the marketing. I have a sales manager that I work with that, yeah, that working on the sales side of things. But I enjoy one thing I've learned with EOS is you know try to stay in that box that you uh, enjoy doing and you're good at. It makes yeah. life a whole lot easier. And, yeah, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I was telling you about the conversation that I was having yesterday with with a client and. We were basically designing, he's, he's got a smaller company and he wants to get it a little bit bigger. And I told him, well, you know, what are you spending the most time on? He said sales. And I said, okay, that's the first thing you got to get rid of. That's the first thing you have to turn into a process and start bringing other people on. And he said, but I really like that part. And I said, great. Once you build your company and you get it to the point where it doesn't need you anymore, then go back and run some leads. Yeah, your company, you can do whatever you want, but it, 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 you you have to relieve yourself of that position first, don't you think? That's right. Yeah, and that was that was what I told him. Got it. You got to create a process around it because look, how many how many salespeople do you have? Six at the window and door company and twelve at the outdoor living company. Okay. Three at the Louvre Roof company. Yeah. So if you were still the sales guy, you could sell you know, whatever, million a year. Say you're really good. You sell $2 million a year, but that's it. That's as far as you can go, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now you got 18 people out there. What was it? Something like that. 18 people. You know, the funny thing is like, I'm a member of CCN as well. And the, the, the owner of CCN says something all the time that resonates with me, which is, you know, as a entrepreneur or salesperson, we love doing it, but we're horrible at it. Yeah. Like we don't fill out the paperwork. Right. right. Like the worst thing for the process right. is us actually selling the job because we just sell it and then we just give it to the office and go like, yeah, here. And, and it's very hard to meet the customer's expectations. So a lot of times we're really, we love it, but we're not even that great at it. I'm laughing because I, I haven't, I haven't sold in a while. But there's a, a new client that we brought on. You would, you would know who they are. They're a very, very big company, like, like nine figures big. And I am the one that sold them. 
and the process is now it's I know what needs to get done. I'm I'm the, the, cog, in the wheel. cog in the wheel. That's exactly what I was looking for because because of that because it's like you know the paperwork and the details and it's all you know it's on me and and so needless to say you know I had to do that one but I'm not I'm not going to do any more for a while. What you're left. Yeah. Let's stop here and take a quick break. Now more than ever, you need a steady stream of profitable leads that are going to close easily and quickly with as little hassle as possible. Repeat and referral leads are the absolute best way to do that. But how do you go about generating more of these profitable leads systematically? At G4 Marketing Group, we have the whole process down to a science and we have it all written out for you in the Referral Success Blueprint. We're making this blueprint free to you as a listener of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, so you can start generating more profitable leads for your business today. Just go to www.g4marketing.com forward slash blueprint. That's G-F-O-U-R marketing.com forward slash blueprint and download your referral success blueprint for free. Now let's get back to this episode. So so it's interesting. So we talked about the idea of process, putting processes and systems in place. I like your time frame thing too. By the way, how does that get how does that get measured? So you give me like I'm assuming you something like, you know, the contract is is signed last night. It comes in, there's stuff that needs to be done. That person has a set period of time that they're allowed to handle that? Yes. And And most of that is monitored by our operations side through tasks, production tasks and market share. Oh, interesting. Okay. DJ has a large company, okay, 150 employees, but it wasn't always that way. And, And so I'm always concerned about people listening to this that have smaller companies that don't necessarily want to have 150 employees, the principles are the same. In the case, in this case, this is something that because I think it's more of a size thing is this time frame, like, because there's so many moving parts and pieces that you've got to put a little more complexity to it than you would have to if you were doing 300 jobs a year or 400 jobs a year. Is that right? Yes. And we're setting that expect part of our sales process as well. Yeah. So we're utilizing that in our pro- sales process when we're setting the expectations and, and how we differ from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Because as a smaller company, you know, the idea of process is uh, it, it's really so that you can teach somebody else how to do this thing in your business, whether that's going out and making a sale, ordering the materials once the sale is made, uh, scheduling the installation of that. When that time comes up, these are all, you know, things that should be done with a checklist and written out. This is how we do it here kind of thing. And as you get bigger, those things will probably get more complex. But when you're when you're smaller 
just get it to the point where you can start to bring other people and you can do the work through them, but then have a, some sort of metric or measurement in place so that you know it's actually getting done the way that it's supposed to be getting done. And the CRMs, you know, a lot of smaller companies, I think, don't think that they need a CRM. But if you're, if you're doing 20 jobs a year, I'd have a CRM still tracking your leads. And, and yet that information's gold down the road for yeah. decision making when it comes to marketing and everything else. And it's much easier to grow into the system than to try to implement the system after you've already yeah and they're not expensive the thing you know the improve it 360 i used to be on um you know there's a whole bunch of them out there builder trend job nimbus you name it but i think that's a key in in growing the business is you, you know you have to have a good crm yeah i yeah i absolutely agree with you on that even if you're only 20 jobs a year is, uh, is absolutely right you got to be on a crm you use you said market sharp right yes yeah market sharp let's talk about so we we talked about process a little bit we talked about people we talked about eos by the way the cool thing about eos too is that when you have the people in place for example, you are responsible, you said, for marketing. So you have 12 salespeople at Absolute Aluminum. Well, you have to be responsible for some number of leads or appointments every single day. I'm assuming 24 to you know 28, right? And, yeah, so he's responsible. So when he shows up to the meeting once a week, which is called a level 10 meeting, shows up once a week and they go down the scorecard and I would imagine lead flow or leads per day or leads per week is a scorecard item. Yes. Yeah. Leads and, so, leads and set appointments. Leads and set appointments. So and, there's, uh, say that again, DJ. Um, NSLI is another part of the scorecard. Yeah. yeah. NSLI is net sale to lead issued. Basically, it means for every lead that we give to a salespeople, how much money does that bring us back? And it's a, it's a critical, critical number to measure in a, in a sales and marketing business. But look, he's accountable for that. And he has somebody else that's accountable for the sales numbers. What's our conversion rate? NSLI is probably somebody else's responsibility, not yours. Correct. Sales yeah. manager. Yeah, the sales manager. Um, and but you know, with EOS, I think that's a really what you say when we're talking about I'm accountable. One thing that EOS has really taught me as a business owner is that you have to have structure and you have to have seats of accountability. You know, I'm the owner of the company, so in a in a in an organizational we call it accountability chart. I'm the visionary. And then I have the integrator and then these seats report to the integrator, right? You have finance, sales and marketing and operations. I'm still accountable, even though I'm the owner to the integrator for the leads. And believe me, if they're off, they'll push that down and want to talk to it. Even though, even though I own the company, I'll be like, Hey, I got this. Okay. Hey, you don't have to talk about it. 
no, no, we want to talk about it. Right. So, yeah, there's uh, no there's no squirreling out, is there? If no, you your name, right, if you have a good integrator, it doesn't matter that you're the owner of the company because that's right. That's what you and me will do. We got it. We got it under control. Don't worry. We won't worry about it. You don't need to write it down. We got it under control. Yeah. No, <laughs> your number's off. We got to talk about it. And that's a cool thing about that, that system. It's hard to wrap your head around it, you know, at first, but at first, then, yeah. And then it really, it really teaches you how to be effective and why you have to be effective. Yeah. Why, why that accountability is so crucial in your business. You know, the other thing that it's awesome, awesome at doing, weeding out bad players. Oh, yeah. Because bad players don't want to be accountable for anything. No. Winners don't mind being accountable, right? Absolutely. I, I see that. I, I, I see that with, with ours. It's like, it's, if somebody doesn't want to be accountable, they're not a winner. No. And, and the great thing about um, EOS is, is, is the tools that they have for, you know, RPRS, which you know what that is, is right person, right seat. And the people analyzer tool and the way in which you go about the stuff, they weed them out and, People are, the, are everyone's, I mean, you, you have, you know, 20 people on, on a podcast and ask them what's their number one issue. And they're all going to say the same thing, you know, hiring people. People, yeah. They also say the same thing. They buy into this crap about that there's nobody that wants to work and millennials don't like to work and what, and, and that, that's true. But there are eight players out there that, if your company is doing the things that you need to do to hire, train, and retain, you can get A players and you can turn B players into A players. Yeah. Rewarding, you know, you're doing the things that you need to do. So. Yeah. And, and I think too, if there's a clear path to how to win. So when we do this, we're winning. A players, they want to be winning right? That, we want people that want to win. We don't want people that are just here to collect a paycheck. We don't want people that are here that just want to, you know, hope that they, they just walk in the door, they go back to their cubicle, they open up their computer, and they basically hide out all day. And nobody knows, you know, are they doing anything? Are they not doing anything? They just want somewhere to hide and collect a paycheck. Well, in EOS, that shit doesn't work gone yeah because you'll get weeded out and found out very very quickly by the way let's let's give the audience a little clarification just just in case they've not heard about this before eos stands for the entrepreneurial operating system and it's in a book called traction by gino wickman and essentially, it's a system for, for managing your business. You can go online and find out all kinds of information about the system. And I should bring Caesar on, on the podcast and have a conversation with him about, about EOS, because I think it's for everybody. I think every business should be using EOS. I've turned a lot of people on to yeah. people outside industry even you know it, it's for any business yeah yeah i i have too 
All right. So the the last thing we were going to talk about was uh, customer service and the importance of the customer. Talk to us a little bit about that. I talk, I told you before that that's that has that's always been my passion. So that that's always been my you know my focus. And you know I was fortunate early on to hire my I have my first three employees still work for me. 32 years later. Wow. And impressive. Because of our passion for customer service and quality, the quality, the, the, they always would weed out people that weren't doing quality work, even when we were small and didn't really didn't have processes and we're kind of winging it, you know, so that helped us. But we, we always were focused on quality and, and, and customer service and we we measure customer service you know what do you want to do what do you do if you uh, want to get good at something measure it. and everyone in our organization you know we use guild quality every survey that we use gets posted to the internet good bad or ugly we reward our employees for good service and getting named in any kind of a survey or any your name specifically from a customer but we are able to provide it because we set the expectation for the customer. We're not winging it on that regard either. I think a lot of, co- of companies provide great, provide good service, but they don't spell it out on the front end and let the customer know. So the customer's expectation meets what's actually going to happen. And, you know, you all talk about, scripting and all this. This is something else that I've learned for, through you all, through what is this, David Bath Fitters, is it? Who's your guy that you have up on Accelerate last oh, name? Um, Dave Azer. Dave Azer, right. Yeah, um, yeah. I, all that, that I've just, my mindset's totally changed on the scripting. But we do a good job, not, not a good job, we do a great job from the point of sale, letting the customer know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. We hit those things because we measure the time frames, and all those time frames are production tasks. The customers being notified along the way, and they don't come up with their own expectation because you never set one for them. I think. I, I see it a lot. I'm very cognizant of it when I hire people. I see a lot of people that come out and they do a really good job, but they're not giving the customer an excellent experience because they don't let them know what's going to happen. There's too many unknowns. So to provide a great customer experience, you better let them know exactly what's going to happen. Because if you don't, they're going to pick little bits and pieces from the four guys they talk to you know, we know the brain and what, what's retained, 7% of words is, is retained. So the more we can, we can tell them what's going to happen, the more it gets reinforced through our, through our communications, the better chance we have of them remembering. And that is key to me and to our team in being able to meet and provide a great customer experience because we're setting the expectation. So, so what's interesting, what's really interesting about what you said is that you're letting them know 
upfront. Hey, here's how it's going to be. I have a client, you know, you know you've met him, Charlie Gundell, oh, who yeah. lays out, they have, they have what's called their red carpet experience and it's all laid out. So they tell the customer upfront. What's interesting is a lot of people, we were talking about this earlier too, is about price. So now customer experience, there's a lot of benefits to customer experience, but one of the benefits is, well, let me ask you this. Do your customers pay you more than they pay your competitors? If you ask my salespeople, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're probably on the top on the high end of our market. Okay. Just because, I mean. Which is where you market. should be, right? Yeah. Because the right price for what we deliver and it's based on our numbers and nobody else's numbers. Right. And so what's interesting about that is customer experience is one of the value factors in, in, in how do you, how do you provide more value to your customer? Well, you provide an amazing customer experience. And I like this part a lot where you tell them about it ahead of time and it's going to help you differentiate yourself from the others. It's going to help to justify the, the price which is going to be higher because in order for you to be able to deliver on those promises, somebody's got to pay for it, right? Yes. And it's not going to be us. It has to be the customer because the customer pays for everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the clock. Are you good for a few more minutes? Yes. Okay. Let's, one of the things, if you don't mind, we, and I did, I didn't have the recording on. So this is one of the, the dirty little behind the scenes of podcasting is me and DJ, we just, we saw each other and boom, right away, we just start talking. And I didn't have the recording on because we hadn't technically started the podcast, but man, I told him, I, that he was dropping some nuggets that I wish that I had gotten on the recording. So maybe I can get him to, you know, drop a few more out. Um, but what we were specifically talking about, what you brought up right away was mindset and the importance of mindset. And look, he, this is a guy that's been in business for th over 30 years. And by any measure, I think we could say he's very, very successful but what were we about what were you sharing with me earlier? And by the way, if you're gonna tell that other story, the accelerate story, leave the person's name out, please. Oh, definitely, I would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that that one thing through um through through actually through what through accelerate and through G4, you're you're the wealthy contractor, which you know I listen to all the podcasts, is so much of this stuff is mindset, you know, um, and it's not something that you're going to click on and you're going to listen to one podcast where Brian talks about mindset and you need to, you know, have a balance in life and, and what are you trying to accomplish with your business and, and all of a sudden the light bulb is going to go on and you're going to believe and it's all going to be great. You, you have to hear it quite a few times. And then it starts to set in and it starts to work in your mindset and not and then, then it, it works in your business, but the stuff works in your personal life as well. So um, this mindset stuff to me is something that's helped me out dramatically over the last five years, unbelievably really. And, you know, you go to accelerate and everybody, when you go to 
conferences, you hope that you take one thing away. And this last year, Brian was up on stage and he said, you know, I was talking to one of my customers who's been in business and this person I know personally uh, for a long time said, uh, they've been in business for such and such and they were talking about profitability because Accelerate Live is, uh, you know, really focuses on profitability. And he said, Brian said to this particular customer is, you know, I real, I, I, I figured out you just haven't made the decision to be profitable. And I sat there, I, and I, it just resonated with me. And that was my aha life changing moment. I've been doing this for a long time and you, you, you listen to people, they talk about, you better be making 10%. You better be making 15%. 20% is even better. And until we change our mindset, we're not going to get out of the rut that you're in because you come up with reasons why. You, you get to the end of the year, you look at your profitability, and then you sit there and you justify it to yourself. And at the end of the day, there's just no justification. If you don't make a decision to be profitable, I'm going to say that again, if you don't make a decision to be profitable, you can, you can do everything you want, but it isn't going to happen because you're just going to justify it at the end of the year with the reasons why you, oh, well, you know, we had cost overruns on this and we had COVID and, oh, there was a, this happened, you know, I truly believe that you have, it's a mindset our biggest hurdle as business people are salespeople telling us that we can't charge more. We know it's a fallacy. Uh, when you, every time you raise price, your, your sales don't go down. And you hear people say that. And, you know, some, I see people look like deer in headlights because I, I, I've done it too. And it's like, whoa, what do you mean your sales don't go down? You know, we can get the sales now. My salespeople are telling me we're already double everybody's price. Well, that goes to the sales process of knowing, um, knowing your numbers, whatever anybody else is selling it for is, is not relevant. Your price is the right price for what you deliver based on knowing your numbers, which is another thing that Brian talks a lot about. So that whole decision to be profitable resonated with me. I hope that for whoever's listening to this podcast, it resonates with you because it really can, it really could be a game changer in your life because you, you can, you can do it. It's just a matter of making the decision or yeah. you can sit and fight and make two or 3% and justify it to yourself at the end of the year. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, you know, I'm going to go back to, you know, I'm going to plug the book again. I'm going to say, because in this book, you're not going to find anything about market. You'll find a little bit about marketing, but not in the way that you think you would see it. It's really a book all about, about getting our heads right as business owners. And, you know, the decision to be profitable is a big one. The decision to not be a slave to the business is another one. The decision that, hey, I'm going to have a good an amazing customer experience. I and mean, it just goes all down the line. And it, it goes back to, you know, what do you believe? Do you believe you're going to be successful? Do you believe that you deserve to be wealthy? Do you deserve to have a good life? And so I'm glad you. I'm glad we 
had that conversation because I think it's it's something that's really missing, especially from our in our industry. I've noticed it in other industries, but in our industry, no one really talks about it. So hopefully, we can change that. And I think business is a big mindset thing too. That's a yeah. real, real. You and I were talking about it before you. Yeah. Turned on the recording is that, that that's a whole mindset thing and. And, you know, all these people reinforcing that it is okay. You know, a good day doesn't have to mean you got there first and left last. Right. You know, we talked about that. I used to mistake efforts with results. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You know, what's funny, you know, you were talking about the guilt thing. So ever since this, this, this whole COVID thing, right, it was, it's been, well, it's coming up on six months in a couple of weeks, it's going to be six months. So five and a half months. I've been coming to the office every single day because I, there's nowhere else for me to go. Right. And so I'm in the, and nobody else is here. It's just me and Addie. And I've kind of been in this rut and I'm like, I'm dying to get out and go do something and go away. And I mean, usually we'll take vacations for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and it's easy. But now I'm like, oh, it's panging me a little bit because I've been so stuck in the rut for nearly six months that I now have to like, I got to repro I got to reprogram myself a little bit and say, it's okay. It's okay. Go get out of here. You know, the work's going to get done. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You were working, you were working to uh, keep yourself entertained because you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> that's right. I was hardly working. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. DJ, Man, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. I appreciate you as a client too. I appreciate all the nice stuff that you say about us to other people and and to us. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And so for everybody listening, there is a copy, a free copy of the Seven Secrets book for you at thewealthycontractor.com. Go and grab yourself a copy of that. And that's it for another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian, and until next time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305 305- 856-8788 to schedule your free, no obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. 
Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. And finally, we started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you want to go. We want to provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources, and the tools so you too can live the life of the wealthy contractor. Now, the wealthy contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.